0: This is Dental All Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Here's your host, Alex
1: Nottingham. Welcome to another edition of Dental All Stars. And today, our all-star is Dr. Lauren Levine. Dr. Levine is the CEO and founder of The Digital Dentist, a company that focuses on the technology needs of dental practices. Dr. Levine writes for many dental publications, Lectures internationally and has worked with over 2,000 dental offices. He helps practices make informed decisions about hardware, software, data backup, disaster recovery, HIPAA compliance, and network monitoring. And there's one other accolade that supersedes all the wonderful credentials, and that is that Dr. Levine is a great guy. So please welcome. Dr. Lauren Levine.
0: Thanks, Alex. I certainly cannot disagree with any of the things you said there. So thank you for the warm introduction, and it's a pleasure to be here.
1: All right. So let's get on to some some questions. Today we're talking about office security, okay, and uh, specifically as it relates to te- technology. So tell me, how did you, before we even get into that, because this is going to be, you know, we've done a lot of webinars together, but we're starting our podcast series. But before we get into the questions, uh, tell us a little bit, how did you end up transitioning from a full-time periodontist to a technology consultant?
0: Well, honestly, that really wasn't the plan. Uh, Back in the year 2000, I got wind that California was passing licensure by credential. Uh, I had been practicing in Vermont for 10 years and was looking to do consulting and do more computer work uh, with our clients um, than traditional perio like I've been doing for the previous 10 years. So the plan was actually to do both. Uh, oh. What the state of California neglected to mention was that there were 15,000 people on the waiting list and it was a good year wait to get the license. So I basically sold my practice and moved out here thinking I could practice right away and found out very quickly. And unfortunately, the hard way that uh, no, there were no licenses, and I was going to be a year before I could get one. So uh, in retrospect, it was probably the best thing that could have happened, because I then really had to apply myself and had to hustle uh, to, to find business. And of course, that took off, wow. op- it took off fairly quickly. And, and you know, uh, I, I haven't looked back. But um no regrets but it's certainly uh you know the plan was it was going to be a five to ten year phase out before i could get out of Perio, but it just i got fortunate that uh, i was out since 2002.
1: right so you built your business as a periodontist, sold that and then had to start all over again as a technology consultant uh, and building it up there without having to the leverage of both but yeah you know i think in also su- success sometimes it's good to to Kind of focus and let go of the other, even though it's a little scary. But it's it's very impressive uh, building two successful businesses. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was scary.
0: Um, There's no doubt. And I got very lucky because I was contacted by Dentaltown uh, very early on in that process. I was contacted by Joe Blaze, editor of Dental Economics, and both of them wanted me to either be the editor of their magazines uh, for the technology section or or moderate their online forums. And my name got out there very quickly to. People all over North America. So, uh, and that's part of the reason that to this day, eighty-five percent of our clients are out of state uh, is because of the fact wow. that we have a national presence. So, uh, as I said, zero regrets. It worked out really well, and and I couldn't be happier.
1: So, tell us what are the most common mistakes you see in dental practices are making with respect to. Uh, technology
0: well it, it really relates more to security that we're seeing uh, There's been a lot of discussions recently in regards to HIPAA and the security and, and privacy rules. What we're finding is that a lot of dental practices really have not given enough thought in my mind to what they're going to do to keep that information secure and private. I think in the modern dental practice, patients certainly have a right and an expectation that information that they share with the dentist is going to be kept confidential, is going to be kept secure while it's in the dentist's presence, while they have access to that data. And what we find is that a lot of practices aren't doing the necessary steps to protect that. Uh, for example, and this is not just related to the, the HIPAA rules, but just, in my mind, common sense, uh, classic mistakes that we're seeing is that people are not encrypting the data, both the data at rest, which is the data on your server and your local backups and laptops or mobile devices, um, encrypting data in motion, which is typically email. Uh, a mm. lot of people don't have proper backups of their data that... Uh, And a lot of them will have a decent backup of their data, but they don't have a good disaster recovery plan in place so that if their server went down, they can measure that downtime in minutes as opposed to hours. Um, We're seeing offices that don't have up-to-date antivirus software in place. They don't have firewalls in place. they allow the patients to access internet uh, on a network that they share with the office, which is obviously not very secure. So it's, it's usually a host of issues that we're seeing, that, that practices just aren't aware that, of what they need to be doing to not only keep that, that data secure, but also meet all the governmental regulations that are current.
1: Yeah, you know, as I'm thinking about this is just recently you had a guest on your program. I did as well, Angela Donovan who there was a, a HIPAA breach, and it's it's a pretty amazing story. And I'm sure we'll have her on the program again and you to kind of talk about that. But back on, on this subject, how should a practice protect their data?
0: So I think there's a few things. First and foremost, you need to make sure that the only people that have access to the data are the people that you designate. So that would be things like a firewall uh, firewalls are typically built into the router that the router is the thing that allows everyone in the office to share their internet connections. So most of the the better quality routers out there will have a, a decent enough firewall in place. Uh, we also feel that you have to have antivirus software in place um, and you got to back up the data. I mean, it's just unbelievable to me that in the year 2014, people still are not backing up their data properly, that they don't have uh, multiple copies of the data, that it's not encrypted. Um, and there's also what we call access controls, and uh, many people may be familiar with the Britney Spears case out here in LA where she went into uh, Cedar sinai Hospital and a lot of people ended up losing their job because they accessed uh, her records. Same thing in a dental practice. There are only specific people that should have access in your practice to those records. And that means you usually setting up usernames, passwords, changing those passwords on a regular basis. So it's things like that. It's just a lot of it's common sense. Just really making sure that you control who accesses the data, that you protect the data, that you prevent outside people from seeing it, and that you make sure that you've always got that data handy should you ever lose your main version of it.
1: Well, you know, you say common sense, but I found that common sense is not very common. How is the data in a dental practice at risk?
0: Um, there's actually a number of ways that that it's at risk. Uh, first and foremost, it's at risk from a, a HIPAA standpoint that the vast majority of practices that we work with, with unfortunately, are not encrypting their data, and the, the biggest thing that people and you mentioned this a little bit earlier with with Angela Donovan is the breach notification rule and that's pretty specific and what it says is that if there is a breach of your data and the breach can take a lot of different forms it could be someone hacking into the network or losing a external hard drive or a thumb drive or a laptop or something like that but the law says is that you must notify every patient in writing you must uh, notify the local media and you have to have your practice listed on the health and human services website your one and only get out of jail free card is if that data is encrypted, you are now exempt from that uh, breach notification rule. So to me, that's the v- absolute best thing you can do. That's where most of the data is at risk. That as long as it's encrypted, you, you're covered. Uh, most dental practices are also at risk that they are using email to communicate with other offices and they're not encrypting those communications and There are a lot of conversations online about this. And the unfortunate thing with some of the HIPAA rules and regulations is that some of it's a little open to interpretation. But pretty much every HIPAA expert that I've spoken with, and certainly I've taken a lot of continuing education and I have certifications in HIPAA, um, it's pretty much a standard understanding that if you're going to be sending what's called electronic protected health information to uh, other offices, you have to be encrypting that data. Um, The other where it's at risk, in my mind, the other main reason where it's at risk is that people don't have a proper backup or disaster recovery plan in place, that uh, it's unfortunately relatively easy to lose the data if you are not protected. And it's not enough just to have mirrored hard drives in your server, which we recommend, but that data has to be off-site. If there's a fire or Mm. a theft or a flood or something along those lines, you're going to lose everything. So you really have to have a proper protocol in place. So you know those are, in my mind, the, th- the three areas that a lot of practices are really most at risk of, of loss or or compromise of their data.
1: And off-site has evolved over the years. In the past, you were taking tapes out of your backup and just carrying them out of site. Now, with online backup, you can actually, or cloud a technology, you can be running live or having that backed up off-site as well pretty easily. Um, and I know you you provide a lot of those services we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah. Now, I think this is a pretty obvious question, and you covered a little bit, but do practices need a firewall and other devices to be secure?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You, you've got to have a firewall in place. Uh, the, the whole point of a firewall is it's twofold. It's to make sure that the data in your office stays in the office. It also we'll make sure that people on the outside don't have access to that data. And as I mentioned before, you don't need a $2,000 Cisco enterprise class firewall. You know, most of the routers out there, we tend to use uh, the Linksys routers, for example, for some of the offices we work with. They have firewalls built in. So, right. it, you know, it's not an expensive undertaking. It's relatively easy to set it up. But it's to me, it's critical. You have to have a firewall in place.
1: So... For those non-tech geeks uh, absent ourselves here, uh, the a firewall essentially is uh, a way of of controlling what information comes and can come in or go out of um, your your practice. Right? That's Correct. I mean, just simply firewall. It's a wall, you know, and I guess it's protecting.
0: That's know, where the t- that's, like yeah, that. that's where the term came from. It's the you know, a firewall is designed to.
1: Protect from protect fires. From fires. Right? So it's the
0: exact same yeah. concept.
1: Because, you know, we talk about these terminologies so loosely, it's so easy to talk about this cloud technology. You know, like, what does that mean? You know, for the, the you know, most people. Um, it's like talking dentistry to somebody who doesn't understand dentistry. It's like, let's get down to, to what that is uh, simply. So uh, now back to encryption. If you can make encryption simple, what is encryption? And is it mandatory? to have data encrypted? Yeah, so there's
0: unfortunately a lot of debate out there uh, when it comes to encryption. It's important to understand that with HIPAA, there are two types of rules. There's what's called mandatory rules and addressable. Encryption, unfortunately, I really think it should be mandatory, but it falls into that addressable. And what addressable says is that if the rule is reasonable and appropriate, then you must do it. If it's not reasonable and appropriate, then you need to find an alternative or document what that alternative is, uh, or that there is no alternative at all, and then you can just document that that's in place. And a lot of people, unfortunately, think, well, if that means I don't have to do it, and that's really not the case. What it really means is that, because you have to go back to the first part of that sentence, if it's reasonable and appropriate, you must do it, not you may do it or you can think about doing right. it. It's it's must. And it is reasonable and appropriate to encrypt your data. So basically what you're doing is you're taking the data and you're making it unreadable, indecipherable. It basically looks like gibberish to anyone that would possibly Mm. get access to it. So you should be encrypting your data. As I said before, if you want to get out of the, um, the HIPAA breach notification, your only saving grace would be if that data is encrypted.
1: And that goes back to the HIPAA breach notification is that you have to notify the patients or all your patients that there was a breach. Correct.
0: You would not have to notify them if the data was was encrypted. Uh, And that goes back to what you were mentioning earlier about the uh, online backup is that uh, that is a great way to deal with the potential HIPAA breaches because most of the better online backup services, and certainly we offer this to our clients, those are encrypted it's encrypted while it's on your server it's encrypted in transit and it's encrypted once it gets to its final destination so and it's off site which is an, another part of the hipaa rules so um i think hip uh, encryption is absolutely critical when it comes to the hipaa rules and regulations and the good news is that, as i said it's not all that difficult to do it a lot of the Computer operating systems, Windows Server 2008 or 2012, Windows 8, uh, Windows 7 Ultimate, all of those have a free encryption program called BitLocker that's built Mm -hmm. right into the software. So it's free. It's just a matter of turning it on and knowing how to do it. And usually your IT company can help you with that. But um, the problem is when it comes to that term of reasonable and appropriate, there's no doubt that it's up to you to decide what is reasonable and appropriate until the HIPAA auditor shows up. Then it's up to them to decide what was reasonable and appropriate. And that's going to be a really hard argument to make, to say, you know what? I know that this free software was built into my operating system. I chose not to do it because I thought it was unreasonable or inappropriate. You're not going to win that argument.
1: Well, it seems that as time goes on, reasonable and appropriate becomes stronger and stronger, that you need this technology because these technologies get better. They're more integrated. And it starts being less and less of a defense. Oh, I didn't know it was out there. It was too hard to get. It was too expensive. Because it's not. Um, Now tell us uh, what are, and I've heard you talk about this at your webinars, webinars we've done, what are some software that people are using now that are not HIPAA compliant, that are not encryption, that are... You know, we may think, oh, these are okay, but you can't do these.
0: Um, the most common ones we see, for example, are what people do for their backup. You would mentioned the fact that a lot of people, what they tend to do is take tapes or external hard drives, and they make a copy of the data, and they put it on to that external hard drive, take it home with them. If that hard drive is not encrypted and that external hard drive is ever lost or stolen, you now are subject to the breach notification. Uh, So you don't have the encryption built in there. Most of the dental practice management software programs are not encrypted by nature, uh, so you don't have built-in encryption there. Uh, A lot of people use uh, web-based email providers like Gmail, for example, and Yahoo, and AOL. Those ones do not have encryption. If they do, they don't have a business associate agreement that they will permit you to sign, which is mandatory for people that have access to your data. So you know, those uh, services like Gmail, for example, are certainly not HIPAA compliant. A lot of people use Dropbox to, to share and sync their information between their office and home. Dropbox is not HIPAA compliant, nor is Google OneDrive or Google Drive or Microsoft OneDrive. I mean, all of those types of services for the most part, the ones that are available to in the general public, typically would not meet the HIPAA rules and regulations. So uh, you have to be really careful about some of that stuff.
1: Yeah, I think that's really alarming because I get Dennis from I get a uh, emails from Dennis often AOL.com, Hotmail Gmail and it's like once you say that I go oh my so I, I think these are uh, very important issues. So does your company offer services to meet these needs we talked about?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've been doing this for a number of years. Uh, I've actually. To be honest with you, a little bit surprised that there doesn't seem to be more people in the dental field doing this. There are uh, a number of IT companies out there like ours who certainly have the ability to assist with part of the HIPAA puzzle. It is basically the better way to describe it. There are a number of rules and regulations. There's what called uh, there's physical safeguards. There are technical safeguards, and there are administrative safeguards most of the IT companies out there can help you pretty much with the technical safeguards. Those are things like the firewalls and encryption and backup the things we talked about. But where most of them fall short is an understanding of the physical safeguards, what needs to be locked up and where you place everything and ergonomic issues and what the patients can see on monitors for example And the unfortunate part is that a good 50% plus of all the HIPAA rules and regulations are the administrative safeguards. So what we decided a number of years ago was to really get fluent in all of the HIPAA legalese and all the the rules and regulations out there. Uh, I do a lot of continuing education. I've spoken with a lot of the uh, HIPAA auditors out there. Keep in mind that it's virtually impossible for any dental practice to get 100% HIPAA compliant. It's not realistic. That being the case, we were able to identify some key areas. Uh, Most of the HIPAA auditors that I've spoken with have referred to what they call VDE, Visibly Demonstrable Evidence. So they don't expect you to be 100% compliant. They do expect that you can show them what you have done to be compliant. So the services that we provide are geared towards the conversations that we've had with HIPAA auditors as far as what they're looking for. So, uh, number one, and we talked about a number of these already, is encryption. We certainly will provide encryption services of the server, the backups, both online and local, the laptops, mobile devices, you have to do encryption there. Uh, Secondarily, uh, you need to be encrypting the email, so we provide an encrypted email service for our clients. Um, another thing that HIPAA requires you to do is to do an annual risk assessment, where you go through all your systems and make sure that you are in compliance. And most officers will find that they're not. And then, of course, you need to take corrective action. So uh, we will offer that risk assessment. Uh, fourthly, you need to have all your HIPAA policies and procedures in writing. Uh, and certainly we will provide a, a manual as one of the services that we do. Uh, you're typically going to want some type of insurance because, as I said, you can't get completely HIPAA compliant. So we offer $100,000 breach insurance uh, plus 150000 PCI insurance. That's for people that take credit card payments. Um, and then the final thing uh, is backup, is that uh, you have to have an off-site backup. It has to be encrypted. We offer those services, among other things. We certainly will do network monitoring and antivirus software and support, um, but a lot of the services that we have been focused uh, on, focus on with our clients over the last few years is to make sure that they are securing and protecting the data and, of course, meeting the, the HIPAA regulations.
1: You know, one thing I adore about you is you often um, have competitors you work with and will sometimes refer out to the same service you have. I, I just like how you you're always giving clients options and you really focus on the client first and how best you can serve them. So what I always say to people is you have nothing to lose by reaching out to Dr. Levine and his company and at least getting an audit or getting some information uh, about what what you can do. And uh, I think this is a wonderful service. And that's probably why you've been in business for so long and, and, and such highly... Uh, rated by everyone in the dental community. So if someone wants to contact you and your company and and find ways that they can resolve some of these issues, whether it be HIPAA, disaster recovery, networking, data backup, and so on, what's the best way to get a hold of you?
0: Uh, well, there's multiple ways. Uh, you're more than welcome to call us. We, we never charge for phone time to, to work with an office. We have a toll-free number, which is 866-204-3398. If you hit extension 200, that's 200, you'll be put through to Amanda, my office manager. should be more than happy to schedule a call uh, with me. Uh, you can go to our website, thedigitaldentist.com, uh, where you can fill out. There's a contact us form there. You can fill that out. That will be emailed to, to Amanda, and she will follow up with you. Uh, we also talked about the need for a risk assessment. We've actually, uh, a number of months ago, decided that we would do this for free. So if you go to my website, the digital dentist.com forward slash risk, dash assessment uh, you can go ahead and fill out the risk assessment there it takes around five minutes or so and then someone from my office will certainly follow up with you about uh, at least completing the risk assessment and the policies and procedure manuals and the insurance and then of course we're more than happy to have conversations about all the other services so and of course you can find me on twitter and facebook and linkedin and just do digital dentist uh, and and i'll certainly uh, pop up in, on one of those social media
1: Yes, and a, and a very powerful uh, social media force that you have. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've been out there for a while, and uh, I take pride in, in the fact that we've been able to, to develop about 9,000 uh, Facebook fans and 19,000 Twitter followers and I think about close to 2,000 LinkedIn contacts, and I'm very active on the dental town forums as well. So uh, it's, it's been good for my business, and uh, I learn a lot uh, from being on social media every day as well. So it, it's definitely yeah, it, a two-way he, street.
1: You know, I say for all the dentists listening is not only do you want to look at Dr. Levine as an example for technology and and hopefully use his services, but also a great example of how to do business, how to run your business. You know, just do things right by your clients, by your patients, you know, be authentic and they just come to you and stay with you um, forever, as long as you're practicing. Thank you. So thank you, Dr. Levine, for coming on the show.
0: Thank you, Alex, for having me. It was a pleasure, and uh, hopefully I look forward to uh, working with some of your listeners.
1: Awesome. So until next time, go out there and be an all-star.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com.